Indiana Bible College exists to train tomorrow's apostolic leaders today, and this is the Indiana Bible College podcast. Today on the podcast, we have missionary to the Baltic states, Jordan Stumbo, also an alumni of Indiana Bible College, and he preaches a message entitled, When God Rolls Up His Sleeves. Magnificent, O oh God. There is none beside you on heaven or on earth, O oh God. You are holy, righteous, and true, O oh God. We give you glory. The Savior of our souls, we give you glory. We worship you, O oh King of kings and Prince of peace. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, O oh Lord, in this sanctuary today. Amen, amen, amen. Isn't the Lord good in this house? Amen. You can be seated today. Praise the Lord. Oh, what a wonderful presence of God we have here. Amen. I, uh, I, I feel that I'm somewhat of a celebrity here because I am Luke Stumbo's brother. There was a time when he was Jordan's brother, but that's, those years are long gone. <laughs> but um, we're, uh, I'm so thankful to be here and to have the opportunity to minister. I, this is my first time preaching in this chapel, and it, it's a step up. It's a step up, and um, you, you guys are blessed to have this. I um, went to IBC from 05 to 09, and um, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And um, I, as I was preparing for today, I, um, I thought, what, what, what did I need to know before I, I left? What, what did I need to know? And, um, and well, they, they probably tried to tell me, but I didn't listen. Amen. Chris Henderson, good to see you. But there's a couple things that just, just hit my mind that I was thinking and preparing for the service. And this isn't the sermon, just some, some free advice from someone who's been where you are right now. So, uh, to the freshmen, find your place here. This is a safe place to find God and his will for your life. It may seem like you have four years ahead of you and you have time to experience your newfound freedom, but it will go quickly, and you'll be putting on your cap and gown quicker than you think. Any time that you waste here will haunt you when you leave. So take this time to invest in yourself and in your futures. To the sophomores, be kind to the freshmen. Just because you finished one year doesn't mean that you have been elevated to any elite status. You will still need others. Sophomores, make connections that are valuable. The freshman that just came in could someday preach the revival service in which your child receives the Holy Ghost. The young man or woman that gets under your skin could write the song that keeps you from walking away from God in a low point in your life. If you want to be a missionary... These people here are going to be responsible for your livelihood, so be kind. To the juniors, if you're not already, get in the prayer room. Today is the time you need to decide what you do, not next year. Do some research. Find out what it takes to be what God has called you to be. If you're going to be an evangelist, you need to know how an evangelist lives. It doesn't just 
happen. It doesn't like, well, I'm just going to get in a trailer and drive off and everything's going to be fine. It's, some things are involved in that. You better make a plan to visit wherever you want to work if you're going to be a missionary, home or foreign. You need to make connections if you can. And a special shout out to all the pastor, preacher and missionaries, kids. I had to learn the hard way that I didn't already know everything. I didn't really know everything about what my parents did. And I had to learn for myself. And I would have saved myself a lot of frustration if I would have come with the attitude that I need some things. There's some things I need to learn in my own life. To the seniors, it's time to look beyond IBC. Unless Brother Mooney is going to make you a definite job offer at the end of the year, you're going to have to move on. Get the most out of this last year. You're not going to see these people a lot afterwards. But you need to figure out your life post-IBC. In the real world outside of this wonderful place, you're going to have to, be, to learn to become useful to the kingdom. Hierarchy doesn't matter here. Well, the hierarchy here doesn't matter there. A pastor who's preached hundreds of messages every year is not going to care how many times you preach chapel. I, I preached chapel three times when I was at IBC. Praise the Lord for that. He's going to care how much you pray, how teachable you are, and if your doctrine is sound. When churches are looking for musicians, most won't know the difference between chosen, chorale, singers, or praise. I think, were you just in the choir? They're going to want to know, can you just show up on time? Can you have a prayer life that is evident when you minister through your music? Get involved in the ministry today. If you're going back home, make connections. Find somebody that you can connect with and find out how you can be useful. Approach your calling as if you are a servant, and you will always be used. Amen. To the entire student body, do something for God this year. Not for your ministry's sake, not for your classwork or to build a network. Just do something for God. Just do something for God. These are the lessons that I, I wish I would have known a few years ago when I left this place. But I, um, I, I, I racked my brain as to what to speak to you about today. And I, I, some of the messages I remember hearing when I was here was, was man, you're, you're called to be leaders. You're, you're going to be the next generation of leaders and calls to different things and, and, and pushing. And I, I, I sat down and probably started five or six sets of notes. I, was, I had some, but there was something that kept getting in, into my mind. And if you could stand with me, I'm going to start the message. And, and my brother can tell you I don't preach very long, so you don't, don't have to worry about that. But if you have your Bibles, let's, let's look at the book of Isaiah, chapter 52, verse 1. I give honor to all the leadership and, and the ministers and the workers here um, who are imparting to you every day. They, the, every person here could be pastoring a mega church somewhere, but they're, they're, they're imparting into you, and I, I give honor to them. I'm so glad my wife and kids and mother-in-law is here today. I, I'm in the States right now to have our, our third child, and, and if, um, if you want to know what it's like having kids on the mission field, well, I'm here. Just talk to me after church. 
But so thankful. And I brought my wife with you to give hope to all of you who are not very good looking. You can get married. I found her. She, she looked beyond me. And, and she said, I'll, I'll bite the bullet. <laughs> Amen. So have hope, gentlemen. Have hope. Amen. Isaiah 52 and 1. I, I, I couldn't get away from the thought of the liberty of Jesus Christ. The, the idea of what true freedom is in God. We sing the songs and we, we go through so many motions, but, but what is the freedom of God? And today it says in Isaiah 52 and 1, it says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck. O captive daughter of Zion, for thus saith the Lord, you have sold yourselves for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. Let me read that last verse one more time. For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for naught, for nothing, for emptiness, and ye shall be redeemed without money. For a few moments today, I would like to share with you the thought, when God rolls up his sleeves. When God rolls up his sleeves. Lord Jesus, we come before you today, Lord, trusting in your word. Lord, your word never fails, so prepare our hearts. Prepare us, Lord, to receive something from you. Let us be good ground, Lord, that receives your word and brings forth good fruit from it. Lord, prepare us and get us ready for what you want to say to your church and to your people. We give you glory, God. In Jesus' name we pray. We love you, Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise before we're seated today. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I bless your name. You're holy, God. I love you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. The prophet Isaiah was lamenting the spiritual state of Israel and comparing them to their bondage in Egypt and the attacks of the Assyrians. Spiritual slumber was the order of the day. So the prophet tries to arouse them with a cry, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up your spirit. It's time to get reconnected with the things of God. They were not sensitive to the moving of God or the things that he wanted to impart to them. So the call was to wake up. Wake up and don't be numb to the moving of God. Israel was not just drowsy, but they were laid back on their backs, covered in the dust of their world. They were knocked out and unfeeling to the presence of God. It should scare you when you go into a church and you no longer feel the presence of God. It should be the greatest fear of the apostolic movement when we don't have the Spirit of God in our services. But we have to crave it and seek it with all of our hearts. Wake up. Wake up. The prophet said, shake yourself from the dust. In other words, he was saying, you've been laying around for far too long. 
Dust has begun to cover your body. The problem is they were indistinguishable from what was around them. Because of their spiritual slumber, they could not be, it could be separated from all the things around them. The church is called to be a light. The Christian is called to stand out and to come out from those that are around them. It's time to wake up, IBC. He said, arise and sit down. How low do you have to be? Think of that. How low do you have to be to say, you got to rise up just to sit down? That's pretty low. That, that's not just why well, I'm kind of leaning against something. That is, you're down. You're on your back. You're content. It's convenient. You can just lay there and not be disturbed when the dust covers your body. Such was the state of Israel that they could not feel the presence of God. And just in case they felt a stirring, a little whisper of the presence of God, the prophet says, you have a band still around your neck. Now, I find it so interesting that it was a self-imposed bondage. There was no lock. There was no key. God did not say, I'm going to break this chain. But he said, take it off yourself. Just take it off so that you can experience the presence of God. Reiterating the condition was self-imposed and total. They had not even sold themselves for any profit or any gain. It did not accelerate them. It did not extend them, and it did not expand them. It was merely a state of refusal to accept the future and accept the reality that God had placed upon them. They were more content to sleep and giving themselves into their own bondage, and they could not experience a power of God. But such were some of you and I. We were asleep untouched by the moving of the God of God we didn't know when he would touch us we didn't know when he would move on us and we had to be able to be released from the bondages of sin and say I'm going to shake the dust off of me today I'm going to stand up I'm going to get where I need to be to hear the presence of the God that loves me let me tell you something that God spoke into your life and said it's time to get to going where you need to go it's it's time to be where God has called you to be. Understand that this is how God sees the broken and the lost that we see every day. And it breaks the heart of God to see it. Thank God we are redeemed, but we weren't. Never drive that separation too strong in your life. If you feel that you are beyond the reach of sin, then you have a problem. If you feel that you're beyond the reach of the dust and the bondage, you're in a dangerous place. Doesn't matter how long you served God, no one is beyond the attacks of the enemy. God begins to speak in, again in verse 5. He says, Now therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught? They that rule over them make them to howl, saith the Lord, and my name continually. Every day is blasphemed. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in the day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, 
it is I. God was frustrated. He was saying, the enemy paid nothing for you, and they're trying to tear you down. Hallelujah. I want to speak to somebody in this room today that the enemy does not own you. He never paid for you. He never spent a dime on you. He never invested in you. You are not owned by addictions. You are not owned by your failures. You own nothing to your past. For you, you were not purchased by the world. Your soul cannot be claimed by anyone or anything that has not paid for it. The devil didn't pay for you. Regrets didn't pay for you. Stubbornness didn't pay for you. Temper didn't pay for you. Fear didn't pay for you. So you are not their servants. You have been purchased. You have been purchased. Silence the voices that are trying to say you don't have a ministry. They don't own you. Hallelujah. You're not your dad. You're not your mom. But you are the servant of God. That's all that Jesus Christ cares about. Hallelujah. Nothing in this, you may be seated, nothing in this world can touch your heart. Nothing in this world has dominion and authority over the Holy Ghost-filled believer. There is nobody that owns you. You can come up to this altar today and you can stand sure that God has called you and nothing can hold you back. Because he who the Son has set free is free indeed. You can fight, go, you can go through hell, you can go through problems, you can go through every temptation in the world, but that does not discredit you. Because you've been purchased. Maybe you messed up in middle school. Maybe you messed up in high school. Maybe you messed up last week. But if you have found a repentant heart in God, you can have a future in Him. The world needs ministry. The world needs the servants of God to go out. And don't let your own mind discredit you. Don't let yourself grab onto those bonds one more time and say, God, you don't know who I am. God, you don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know the past that I have dealt with. And you just put the bonds on you one more time, saying, I can't hear anymore. I don't want to be contacted by God anymore. I don't want to feel the ministry anymore. Satan is trying to make you cry out in pain and in fear and depression. But God said, I'm bothered by this. I'm bothered because my people are not producing and they're not growing because they've sold themselves into a mentality of self-defeatism.
and said, I don't know that I can be used. I don't have the liberty. I don't have the freedom. I don't have the name. I don't have the background. Oh, young person, IBC student, you have been set free. You've been set free of your neighborhood. You've been set free of the powers of darkness that once tormented you. You've been set free, not because any of us are so great, but because God took notice of you and said, you have a future in me. If you've ever doubted your calling, if you've ever doubted your pursuit of God, stop this minute. Because you are not bound by the chains and the dust that God saved you from. He saw you in your darkest moment. He saw you in your worst and most evil time and still said, I must have them. He saw you in your brokenness and in your defeatedness and said, I must work for them. He had to do something. It says in verse 10, the Lord had made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. What is this thing when God rolls up his sleeves? If I, if I may for a second. Thank you, brother. God saw us and said something has to be done. The enemy will not let them go. He will not purchase them. So he looked at us in a dust-covered, unconscious state and not seeing a wretch. He was not angry. He was not displeased. He was not, he did not want to reject us. But he saw us in the fallen moment. He said, I have some work to do. That imagery there was God said, I'm willing to get dirty. I'm willing to step down from the divine. I'm willing to step down from the heavenly places and manifest in flesh. He goes on to say, in verse 13, behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. And many were astonished at thee. His visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The king shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. When God rolls up his sleeves, Calvary happens. When God says, is moved by you, 
Calvary is set in effect. When the Bible says that God revealed his holy arm, it wasn't a literal rolling up the sleeves, but it was a manifestation of Jesus Christ. And said, I'm willing to do whatever it takes so that these people can be free. I'm willing to sprinkle my blood on those that Satan wouldn't spit on. Jesus, pray with me for a moment. My God, my God. Oh, speak to our hearts, Lord Jesus. Speak to our hearts, Lord Jesus. Speak to our hearts, my God. My God, my God, my God. You and me, we've we had bound ourselves to sin, who no one else thought was worth purchasing. But Calvary was God rolling up his sleeves, saying, My baby is hurting, my child is broken. And I'm going to do whatever it takes for them to have freedom. And so that's why the prophet began before the sacrifice was ever made. He said, it's time to wake up. It's time to change your clothes and get the dust off because you are a liberated city. You don't have to wait for the enemy to recognize your freedom. Because God has purchased you without money. He came himself and purchased you with his blood so you can walk freely for him and can have fellowship with him so you can go out and change the world. You can go out and transform nations because God rolled up his sleeves and changed the world for you. You can have liberty. Stand with me today. You can have freedom. The only thing that separates us from that freedom is the band. God said, that's one thing I'm not going to take off. It's unlocked, and you put it on. It's your mindset. It's your heart. What are you willing to do? What are you called to do? How far are you ready to pursue that calling? I'll be honest. I left IBC. I said, I am never going to be a missionary. I did. And you know what it was? Most people fear callings because they don't. It's the fear of the unknown. I fear, feared the known. I knew it. The missions field was never a place of glory, never a place of honor. On deputation it is. But when you're out there, you're on the front line, I'm, this isn't a pity party. I'm just telling you something. When you're there and it's just you 
the devil and God. It's not an easy place to be. And sometimes you may just see a soul. It's nice to read about the revivals. It is. It's good. Sometimes you do it all for just a soul. Are you willing to take off the band for that? Are you, are you willing to shake off the dust for that? See, God rolled up his sleeves so that you could be used. Not, not, not just to rejoice in your beautiful garment. But he gave you a freedom of choice. He says, I'm going to take your weight. I'm going to take your past. I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to take all of that. And I'm going to throw it away. Now it's up to you. Are you going to take off the band? Are you going to take off the chain? Are you going to take off the maybe I'll do it, God? That's why I started this message with you need to do something for God this year. Time's running out. <laughs> Even if God doesn't come tomorrow, someone's going to die tomorrow. God set you free for a purpose. He saw you and loved you so much in your worst moments. And he said, to have you. I have to use you. You are not here by accident. God purposefully saw you and said, I'm going to work for you. I'm going to work for you. Will you be willing to work for me later? Let's come up to this altar, those of you who haven't yet. Let's say, God, I'm taking off the chains. I'm taking off the bands. I want to be used. Oh, God, you've done so much for me. You've done so much for me, God. Oh, God, bless this assembly, oh, Lord. Bless this young people right now, oh, God. Lord, you have set us free, oh, Lord, so that we may be used, oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord.
Indiana Bible College has three major courses of study, Biblical Studies, Worship Studies, and our newest major, Missiology. For more information about these, visit indianabiblecollege.org. Indiana Bible College, training tomorrow's apostolic leaders today.